Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Markson Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Mark Jarrett. And today I have a very special guest on. He is friend, personal trainer, and currently a running back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL. Uh, and it is, of course, the one and only Johnny Augustine. Thanks for doing this. Well, thank you for having me, Mark. I really appreciate it. This is something I've wanted to do for a while. I know we've teamed up and talked about it. So, yeah, I'm just excited for it. Cool. And, uh, you know, joined by your two dogs as well. So, yeah, so that's always nice. Apologize for the little ones if you yeah. hear them in the background. Yeah. First season yeah. in the wraps. How is it being a rookie? And how was uh, how was it the first? How was it? How are the first stages of your football career gone? Definitely, it's been kind of a, a roller coaster, but in a positive, good way. For many of you that might not know, um, two years ago, um, CFL Combine happened, and you know I trained really hard for that, extremely hard. Probably one of the hardest times that I've had to be prepared for an event. Ended up going there, ended up being the top particip uh, participant there, ranking highest as at my position as the running back. And then, um, you know, the draft came up and I was expected to go high round for second round. And, you know, unfortunately I was not drafted, so that was definitely a hard time. And But the next day I was picked up by the Edmonton Eskimos. I uh, went to camp. I uh, didn't make camp, you know, I had a really good camp, but unfortunately I played my fifth and final year at the University of Guelph. And then once that was done, I was supposed to report back to Edmonton, but something happened where, you know, I won't go into crazy detail, but Saskatchewan Rough Riders picked me up. And so three, four months later, I go to Florida to do a camp with um, the Rough Riders. And unfortunately, I was let go there, so that was even kind of a little shock there myself. So all of a sudden, literally didn't have a team I was going to go to. And a week before that, I got a phone call from my agent that you're going to go to Winnipeg. So ended up reporting to camp to Winnipeg. And like I said, this is three teams within a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So ended up reporting to uh, camp there. And from the moment I landed in Winnipeg, um, pretty much blossom, you know, not in a very cocky way, but basically from the get go, you know, I was putting the pads on, you know, I was working hard. It was basically all that, you know, years of working extremely hard and training really paid off. And, you know, my biggest opportunity came in preseason, mind you, in training camp, you know, they're, got, they're still trying to find guys on the team, right? Um, nothing solidified, but preseason came around, you know, our starting running back, Andrew Harris, played for a few series, and then our first, uh, second string backup got hurt, one guy got cut beforehand, and one guy was hurt, so I was in the second position role, and then after that, um, I came in, and I rushed for 85 yards and a touchdown my first touchdown in the CFL Pro League. So that was definitely a huge, huge um, great highlight, eh? highlight, great feeling, right? And so um, that happened. I had another good second preseason game. But um, <laughs> the most nervous part that anyone can say about training camp is definitely um, cut down days. So basically, you know, 90 guys, 90 guys to 100 guys, 
mm-hmm. are competing to make a 40-man roster. Yeah. So they got to cut half. 50, basically yeah. half. And, you know, my roommate's with me next door, and all you hear is knocking on the doors, knocking on the doors, because, you know, unfortunately, I experienced that my first uh, rodeo yeah. in Edmonton. And um, basically, you know, hearing those knocks, I was definitely nervous, and heard a knock in my dorm room. And I'm thinking, like, oh, boy. <laughs> it right. could be either me or my roommate. And um, it was my roommate. Let me tell you, this was the most stressful two or three hours, you know, because <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, man, like, I've given it all, my God, like, this is it. And then, basically, after three hours, the rule is, if you don't hear anything, you report to the stadium. So... I reported to the stadium and, you know, basically found out I made the active roster team. And that was very exciting. Um, and just overall from the year, it was definitely a great experience. Um, you know, being a pro, it, it's not just physically but mentally. You know, it's a long season. It's 18 regular season games plus playoffs. So we played about 20 regular season games. Um, you know, we lost in the Western Semis to Calgary, who ended up winning the Grey Cup. But... Um, best thing I learned from you know being a pro or you know my first season is basically you know you always have to be ready um you know because basically the way it works is sometimes guys are are playing sometimes guys are on practice roster you know guys are back and forth but basically you know like even if I wasn't starting or anything I was always ready and you know even in the meeting room you have to dial in we're we're a pro for a reason right so um, definitely like I said first year was a great experience, um, both physically and mentally. Wow! Yeah. So quite a few obstacles to, for to, for you to get to the CFL for sure. Yes, a different kind of road, huh? Yeah, and and, and thing- I guess a lot of people. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. a lot of people think it's it's they they see the star, you know, on the on the on mm-hmm. the field, but in the background, geez, eh? Mm-hmm. Being shipped all over Canada. For much. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, um, you know, I'm 25, so I'm still young. Yeah. Um, there's guys who are f- fighting in their 30. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't think people really realize that. And that's one of the things I want to talk to about in this podcast is it's like, you know, obviously, you know, we're appreciated, but sometimes I feel like we're appreciated for the obvious accomplishments, whether that's a touchdown or that's a win mm-hmm. or holding the championship. Yeah. But, you know, you know my my journey is basically, it, you know, it's it's an interesting story. But I know other people who've come come through a lot too, really. Right? Like, you know, it's you know, like there's a guy in the NFL, James Conner. He had cancer. Wow. You know, there's a couple guys that've had cancer and come back. Like, you know, it's and and that's what makes builds that bond in the locker room is knowing that like a lot of guys like had you know, come through a lot. Even guys who are star players on our team, you know, Matt Nichols, Andrew Harris, you know, a few guys, big name guys, you know, those guys came through obstacles as well. You mm-hmm. know, like everyone has came through some sort of, you know, story. But those who really succeed are those who, you know, do something about it. And I did something about it. You know, when I wasn't drafted, I, I easily could have just stayed and, you know, cried. I cried. Yeah. You know, I pretty much saw my whole dream collapse before me. And, you know, when I left, my girlfriend's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to train. She's like, really? I'm like, 
What else are you going to do? What else am I going to do, right? Um, And, you know, even when I was cut a couple times, it was the same thing. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, you've heard the term, how bad do you want it? And it's serious, you know, it's like, how bad do you really want it? Right. Uh, Right. So the first time I met you, you you weren't in the CFL and mm -hmm. your goal was to make it to the CFL. Correct. You're in the CFL now. So what are the goals? You know, you reach that initial stage. Now what, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm glad you asked that question as well, too, because um, I actually had a talk today with uh, a player of BC Lions, um, Shaq Johnson, and I said, you know, it, you, you always talk about a goal, even if it's the smallest thing. So for me, I'm going to use my example. is like, you know, and you've probably done it, too, where it's like, I want to lift this amount, right? Like, I remember being younger and you know, seeing 135 on the bench. Yeah. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that. You get there and you're like, oh, this is what 135 feels <laughs> like. And then you get up to 225. You get there and you're like, oh, this is what it feels like. It's like every time you get to a certain goal, you're like, oh, this is what it feels like. And I remember for the longest time, you know, before even saying football, I knew I wanted to be a professional. Right. Athlete. Yeah. Right. And then eventually I knew football was a very clear picture when I got a scholarship and all that. And same thing, you know, all-star. Okay, this is what it feels like. And then, you know, finally becoming a pro. It's like, whoa, like this is what it feels like. I do admit that feeling at first was definitely like, okay, wow, this is real deal. Especially when I got my first check. (laughs) It's like, right. Right. Okay, now I'm getting paid to do this. Yeah, yeah. This is this is real, right? But then I'm like, okay, I'm here. But the next step in, okay, I'm here, you know, and that's where some guys too, they they you know, some people get content. Okay, they're like, I'm here and stuff. No, like you should keep thrive and striving, right? Yeah. So the next step is I'm trying to be a ratio breaker. Basically, if guys who don't understand the CFL, how it works is it's half Canadians, half Americans on the team. And basically, there's certain spots that are considered an American spot. And when a Canadian's playing that spot, it's because he's really talented and really good. Mm. And he's considered a ratio breaker. Basically, I'm trying to be, you know, the starting running back of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You know, right now, I'm currently second string, third string, playing mainly special teams, but I want to be the guy. Yeah. So when you ask me what's you're here, no, like I'm trying to be the guy. I'm trying to be a CFL all-star. Yeah. And I'm trying to be a great cup champion. That's the next step. That's the next step. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so was it weird coming from University of Guelph, being a running back there, being a, a, a pretty significant force on the field mm-hmm. to you're just – you're just uh, almost a munchkin mm-hmm. kind of t- to the pros. Like, yeah. was that a weird transition for you? Or not really? Or it was, it was you, what you expected? It was what I was ex- is what I expected only because I got the experience. Remember, I was in Edmonton Eskimos camp. Mm-hmm. So I knew what it took and stuff. And like I said, I've always, you know, not in a cocky way, but I've always just, you know, I've always just trained and. Know, took care of my diet like it was just like I was physically I was ready right and then mentally I think I became strong from what happened from the draft and yada yada right like that just made like kind of molded me into it but I think definitely 
you know, being the guy at the University of Guelph, um, definitely, and then coming into, you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and just being kind of another guy on the roster, contributing however I can. Yeah. And that's what you got to do, right? Yeah. Like some guys work years and years before they crack a, an actual starting spot. So, you know, they always say like sometimes, you're, you know, you're the little fish in the big pond and, you know, it's just like any, anywhere you go, right? Like in high school, you know, at one point the the grade 12 seniors looked massive to you, right. right? You were just like, oh man, like I remember I was the little guy on my high school team, yeah, <laughs> right? And then in grade 12, I was the guy. Yeah. And then in my first year at University of Guelph, I was the little guy, like, oh my God, like, and then I became the guy. So it's the same thing, it, it just carries on. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm the little guy now. And then eventually, you know, I'm hoping to be the guy. But the great thing is in high school, you got college to look forward to. College, you got pros, pros it's, retirement <laughs> yeah. so no more of that right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah so definitely i think but i understood i was ready for that yeah. i understood that like i wasn't immediately gonna be you know be playing like starting all the games and stuff so uh it wasn't a shock but definitely you know i gotta start i gotta start somewhere right so you're in the off season now yep you're not playing nope <laughs> so you can relax right <laughs> You just chill. Why not, right? That's what you think, right? <laughs> no, I know. That's why I'm saying it that way. So what? So what does off season look like for you then? Um, for a pro football player who, what is it, 18 games a season and then playoffs? Yeah, then doesn't plus, seem like a lot, right? Yeah, but football's brutal. So we start. Uh, we start in uh, in May. Well, we report in May, and we're done in November. So it's a long time, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like an eight to four for me. Yeah. Um, wake up early in the morning. I do a fasted cardio, just a nice treadmill, slow paced walk for about 49 minutes to an hour. Um, and then after that, I pretty much every Sunday and Friday, I have all my meals prepped. So, uh, you know, I just open the fridge and, and all my meals are ready to go. And then I go to our, basically our dome, our field house where, you know, our, my trainer, Jesse Corona, has a bunch of guys who played in the CFL, even guys who play in college, getting ready for the combine, you name it. Um, we get there, and one day, you know, I'm either doing sprints or I'm doing more tempo endurance work. And then after that, some days I'm doing more specific plyo football-specific work, um, whether that's, uh, you know, working on my cuts, catching, so do that. And then after that, wait about an hour, um, take a quick break, and then we go to the gym. And then, you know, I train there for, you know, I'm on all sorts of different programs, depending on my phase. Like after the season, it's more of a strength phase to gain any strength that I lost and then gain that back. Um, so basically, we run for about a couple hours, take that break, and then we train for about an hour, hour and 30. And then after that, um, I do a lot of you know mobility, a lot of flexibility, stretching immediately after that. It's funny because when people you know hear that I'm in the gym for eight to four, they think you're just lifting weights all day. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm lifting weights probably like three percent of that. Like you know what I mean? It's it's running. There's the strength training. There's the mobility, flexibility, and just the environment mentally. You know, my our trainer just you know says the right things to to get us going right? right so you know and that's monday through friday um saturdays and sundays 
I'm doing, you know, more active recovery stuff, whether that's Pilates, swimming. I do my treadmill every day. Uh, so I'm constantly, you know, doing something. You know, back in the day in high school, I used to be training seven times a week. <laughs> right. But, you know, I preach how huge recovery is, especially when you get older and, you know, being a professional athlete at a high level, you need to really take care of your body. I constantly, I do two massages a week. Um, and then every other week, I work with so many different therapists, whether they do cupping, fascia release, uh, dry needling, acupuncture, you name it. I, I work with everybody. So, right. um, because I believe you need, your body needs to be pliable. You know, that's how, you know, if I could play this, honestly, if I could play this game till I'm 40, I will. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can, I can confidently say like, I can walk away and I'll be okay, but it's just because if I still have that love for the game and I know my body's healthy enough and I'm still producing, I'll do that. But it starts in the off season, um, so I do a lot of that. Um, every maybe like once a month. I before I used to do it more often. If I even see like a sports psychologist, you know, um, you know, her name's Jennifer and she does a great job just getting me mentally right, mm -hmm. whether that's off the field or on the field and visualizing. So yeah, th that's pretty much my off season and the off season is where you get better you don't get better in season and season is like you got to just game plan you got to do your thing during the game like where you get better is in the off season the off season is the hardest most taxing like season it's crazy but the season's actually easy you put on the pads and you have fun you play football right off season no like you got to correct what you did wrong you got to come in bigger stronger faster you know whether whatever you're lacking in that's where you get better so that's my typical off season and you know i take the off season really serious but that's uh that's pretty wild though i mean and once again with the off season that's the that's the thing that no one sees right you know like i i follow you on instagram you're uh all the time all the time yeah it's pretty constant <laughs> and it's funny too because you know i do post a lot on my social media the story or actual post but like I could post 50 times more than that more than that you know yeah. what I mean but like you know people are seeing a little sneak peek but like it's it's constant yeah but you gotta love what you do <laughs> and I love it yeah like I wake up like I have a smile on my face because I'm like, this is my job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is my actual job, and I love it. Like, I look forward to doing what I'm doing. And just the environment, too, right? Like, knowing that other players that I'm training with, they're going through the same thing, too. Right. Right? So that environment is really great and just, you know, overall just, just helps you. Yeah. yeah. Do you... Do it's great that you obviously love it. Does it, do you ever find it a little monotonous? Does it like wear on you? You said the, the mental aspect of things. Mm -hmm. There must be some days where you wake up though and you think, I do not want to <laughs> lift weights. All right. you know? Well, I am not perfect, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love it, but I definitely have my days because um, it is repeat, right? Just like any job, it's a repeat. It's a repeat. You know, eating the same food, like right. really, it's constant. It's constant. It, 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 yeah. There's days, especially like the one workout that probably killed me the other day, and I'm like, I gotta do this again, <laughs> right? Like it, it's, 
it has its days. It's yes, like you say, it's very like okay, repeat, yeah. repeat, eat, sleep, lift, repeat, run, right? Yeah. It's very constant, but at the same time, like I said, it's worth it because the overall outcome is definitely satisfying. Mm-hmm. Whether it's I'm rushing for a thousand yards or I'm helping my team for a team win, whatever it may be, it's definitely worth it. And like I said, I really love what I do, but you know, I have my days. I'm not, like I said, I'm not perfect. But and that's why, you know, I've worked with a sports psychologist in the past too, is to tell myself, okay, like, you know, like I, like there's days where, I, you know, I have skipped some days. And right. I'm not going to be like, oh, I haven't skipped a day. I've had, I've, you know, rather if that's even my cardio in the morning, right? But days where I feel like I'm going to potentially skip, I say, okay, Johnny, like, you know, I, I literally talk to myself. I say, what are you going to do to be great today, right? Like, is staying in bed going to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish and being a ratio breaker? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, or like, even if you maybe half-ass <laughs> the cardio a little bit, will that get you that 10 percent It's like, okay, yeah. Like, I talk to myself. I literally, I remember one time I spent an hour talking to myself. Sure. I'm like, okay. Okay, we've had a nice long chat. Let's go now, right? So, uh, and I'll say those kind of things, right? Because your biggest enemy is yourself. So when you say uh, eating the same things every day, what are you? What are you? What are you eating? <laughs> well, I definitely okay. So definitely the same thing, but I'm mixing in a whole wide range of variety of nu- nutrients. Um, when it comes to meats, um, like I said, it all depends how I said with my training, it all depends the phase I'm in. So when I'm more of in a, a strength phase, uh, I go for more, um, basically hard, dense, more meats such as steak, ground beef, um, you know, not as much chicken or fish, uh, chicken and fish basically are more towards you know, after the two months when I start leaning down, I'll have more of the leaner meats. Um, even my carbon intake is pretty high because, like I said, I'm trying to, you know, it's always the same routine every offseason. I'm trying to, because, you know, once the season's done, you, you lose a little bit of weight, you know. You're not the same person you came in when you're strong, right? You kind of fiddle away a little bit. So I try to gain that back, and I always try to put on a little bit of muscle. You know, every year I, I put on, even if it's two to three pounds of muscle, you know, I always add that so those are the meats I kind of add in um, definitely I try to go for very um, clean stuff you know I have a farmer who you know cuts my meats and gets all that for me um, even organic stuff you know grass-fed steaks grass-fed beef you know I really believe in good quality right as opposed to a bunch of quantity stuff um, I understand you know been there sometimes you got to get in that calorie whatever it may be but um you know at this point like i definitely try to put the best things in my body um complex carbs usually i have about anywhere between eight to ten cups of rice a day (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah my carb intake is really off the roof um i'll even have a total of maybe one to two cups of um 
some sort of beans or lentils. Yeah, it's, I have, my carbs alone consist of at least like two to 3,000 calories. And probably in my, you know, my bulking phase, you know, I have a clean bulk. I have anywhere between seven to 10,000 calories a day. Um, I eat 12 eggs um, every day, a cup of oatmeal, and some of the meats I also eat too. Like I eat a lot of, um, like I said, when I say wide range, you know, like you mentioned the grass-fed steaks and beefs. Um, in addition to, you know, I have liver, uh, beef liver, chicken liver, chicken hearts. Sorry if I'm no, it's grossing fine. anybody out. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Who knows? yeah, cow heart because uh, I really do believe in you know you. There's nutrients in everything, right? And I'm trying to get the best out of everything. Um, and I might sound like a meditarian, but I'm big into even vegetables. I don't believe you should, you know, and I'm not going to try to get into that topic, but, yeah, you know, I believe you need everything. And, you know, I have, you know, like a vegetable shake every other day. Um, you know, I usually have a broccoli, spinach, or some sort of green with my food as well. So my, my vegetable intake, my, my greens are just as high as well. Um, a little bit of fruit, um, pineapple pineapple in particular for digesting uh, purposes and I really believe in what you eat needs to be properly digested right that's why I have all the greens that's why I have all um, you know the probiotics and you know fermented vegetables as well because that stuff I I have that stuff to just make sure that what I'm eating is being absorbed properly um, so you know and it's just like it's a lot that I take in through a day, but surprisingly, like, there's times by the end of the night, very little, but times by the end of the night, I'm still starving. Really? Because my body's gotten to that state. I've yeah. treated my body like that. And, you know, and I tell, you know, guys, you know, when we get into further discussion about it, but I tell, you know, people who, you know, who are going into, like, they want to put on some size, they want to put on some weight. You have to eat. <laughs> There's no rocket science about it. Uh, you have to eat. And, you know, some guys struggle with that, right? Like, it's part of, that's just, you know, the training is probably 10% of everything. The eating is like 70%. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much kind of like my routine. And like I said, the food and the carb intake, like the 8 to 10 cups of uh, the carbs I mentioned, will start to dwindle down a little bit. Um come you know near training camp when i start to really lean down and you know really shred down um but for me carbs have always been a good source for me uh just because of you know how hard i train how I, you know how hard i run but you know my body is kind of almost in a state where it responds well to carbs right whereas people you know they get too bloated and stuff right like you know, my whole life, and it starts from where you grew up, right? Like, my background is, you know, Haitian, and, you know, rice was always given to me, beans was always given. You know, I'm eating this stuff without even knowing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's why my body responds to it. And, you know, I did a couple of bodybuilding competitions as well. And one of the things is people, you know, kind of cut down the carbs and protein gets higher and stuff like that. And then the night before the show, they start to throw in a little bit of carbs, right? Whereas for me, like for example, I would have 
like six to eight hundred grams of carbs, maybe two three weeks out before the show. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no bodybuilder does that. Right. Like, they're literally on a hundred grams of carbs, even lower. Yeah. They're like dying, and I'm still having because that's how my body responds. Okay. Because I was literally still fading, right? Like I was still fading when I was even when even when I was at six hundred. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the night before the show, when I got those carbs back in, I I blew right. So your body, when people try to take things out, you gotta look back to like how your body did or how you grew up, right? But yeah, that's I know I went a little bit off with that. No, that but, makes sense though. But I actually didn't really think of it that way. When you, yeah, when you grew up eating, yeah, right. Huh. So yeah, it's uh. Yeah, I'm, I believe in nutrition, 100%. I I love it. I love shopping. Like, you'll yeah. see me pushing my cart. Like, oh, okay, who's who's next, right? So, but yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, when being a pro, I actually forgot before I go on to the next question. I actually forgot that you used to do bodybuilding. So that must be on the back burner now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well. The funny thing is, once I retire from football, yeah, I will pursue something in bodybuilding. As okay, well. um, I thought about doing both. Yeah. believe it or not. Yeah, um, that's how crazy I am at times. But as I mentioned earlier on, you know, I want to be a ratio breaker. There's some big goals I want to accomplish with football, and you know, I admitted to myself because I had an opportunity to you know, compete at a national qualified show for bodybuilding, which would have got me my pro card. Wow. So that was a really tough decision because I knew I could have done something great with bodybuilding. But I sat and I was real with myself. And these are these talks that you need to have with yourself, even if that's with other people. But, um, you know, the way I look at it is football is five to ten years bodybuilding you could be 40 and killing it hmm. right so i know the person that i am that whenever i retire whether i'm 30 or 40 i can just hop into it because johnny's not going to change johnny's going to keep doing everything he's doing right so um yeah like i said once upon a time i was going to do both um but i decided that i just wanted to focus on football um i love bodybuilding i love how you can create your body to be something that you visualize and think about. I'm huge in visualization, and it, it was that's huge, right? Like, and for me, bodybuilding was really easy, and like I said, not in a cocky way, but because yeah. I was almost ready. Like it was just like I was born to do it because of football and all the discipline of nutrition and training, right? Like the shows that I did, I I was I was on six, seven, eight week preps at most where some people do 20-week preps, right? right? But I was already prepping without even knowing. So for me, it's it just comes easy, right? And a lot of guys who retire, or just professional athletes who retire, you know, have a hard time adjusting to their new life, where I just know that, like, I'm going to have something to look forward to because it's almost similar. Oh, I get to still be on cool diet i get to still train okay great so yeah i really love bodybuilding um and the best part is you can you can do it you know uh i don't i I try not to get too touchy with stuff but you can do it 
naturally. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I, I competed in the natural division and then I competed in the open division. Open division basically is people who take could be taking steroids. Yeah, yeah. performance enhancement or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I actually won the open division. Oh, yeah? Right. And that's when and I was like, wow, like, and I talked to one of the judges and, you know, I told him, look, I'm a natural competitor. And he's just like, does not matter. Hmm. Like, you could do this naturally. Like, people who take performance enhancement don't realize you need to still work hard. Of course, yeah. Right? So, being a natural person, and I, I, and I, I tell people, I'm like, you guys got to stop being narrow-minded and being open-minded to the possibilities, right? Like, I don't care if the guy next to me is taking whatever, right? Like, that's you. You know, I never judge other people. Just like I don't want no one to judge me because my lifestyle is like, whoa, like, He's going crazy. Like I know people judge me. It's okay. Sure. <laughs> Love me or hate me. But I wouldn't judge you because, you know, I wouldn't hope you judge me. Right? So it's the same thing. And like I said, I and that's why I really love bodybuilding is because me personally, I will never touch performance enhancement. Obviously, only if it's legal within the rules. Um, because I just believe that your body is capable of a lot of greatness right do, uh, do you have a different mentality on that though with football because football it's very contact mm-hmm. um there's a lot of contact so i imagine that has to have some yes uh, difference of opinion yeah no definitely you know i was talking about bodybuilding and performance enhancements which is very obvious in that sport yeah but it's pretty starting to get obvious in football as well um, you know, some players are getting caught for it, unfortunately. Um, the reason why is because as professional football players, me, myself being one, we're getting stronger, bigger, and faster. Like, there's no way a guy who weighs 280 pounds should be running 4-4. That's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. But that's common. There's guys who are 300 pounds running as fast as a guy who's 160 pounds. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of force coming at a full speed, right? It's it's getting violent. It's not violent cause, because it, there are the safe contact, right? Like those were, they teach us how to tackle and stuff like that. Right. So I'm not saying it's violent, but what I'm saying is because of the all the science and supplements in nutrition you know the more knowledge right back then guys didn't have as much knowledge in nutrition and training heck guys were having beers and steaks before the game yeah right so now we have like you know i'm i'm one percent of how many guys that probably know the secret as well they're all you know they you know guys are training in high facilities you know paying thirty thousand dollars to you know what i mean like we're getting, we're evolving, and not just football players, but just in sports, right? Like, guys who, you know, it's funny because guys who are playing wide receiver in football could have been a freaking linebacker in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, so, for that, some guys might take the performance enhancement to try and catch up with some guys, right? Because, yeah, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but we're, we're in a way, we're not created equally. You know, exactly. there's the genetic gap that people talk about. 
Yeah. I mean, comparing you and me physically, there's a serious difference. I don't you know. know. Your arms are looking big, especially your legs these days. Appreciate <laughs> it. I really appreciate it. You're, you're being nice. Um, but uh, there's been an improvement. I'm not going to lie. Um, yep. But there's a difference. Right. So, I mean, I, I guess that's where the argument of some sports. sports mm-hmm. and, yeah. You know, and especially come in. you see in bodybuilding too, right? Like some guys respond better than others, right? Like it's just it's how the muscle will respond to certain workout. Like I even say, okay, like let's just hypothetically say with steroids, HGH or whatever, right? Some like, for example, one guy takes it, takes the same amount as the other guy, but he doesn't, he gets maybe like three, four percent of the results. Yeah. Like three, four percent of the results. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other guy blows up, right? Genetics play a factor, but I mentioned something very specific that's very important, is what you did in the past. Right. Did, for example, the guy who responded well, you find out that he played basketball, he was a power lifter. Oh my God, he built a nice base. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other guy was playing video games and you know just chilling, eating whatever, and fell in love with bodybuilding, starts doing supersets, pyramid, whatever. Yeah. And he's starting to get big, but just not getting there because you need to build a good base. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the guy who responds well, like what I'm trying to say is it, it gets into your DNA. Exactly. And that's one of the big arguments I've heard with steroids too, which is um, actually bodybuilders have talked about this too. When they retire, they lose it. But if they were to hop back on all the drugs they were and train the same way, right. they can get it back faster. Exactly. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that too. But what I'm trying to say as well on top of that is, is that the top guys in the sport might not be taking as much as you might think. Okay. Really? <laughs> right? Like, they they might not be taking as much as you might think. Right? And that's where, you know, you see a lot of these guys in the amateur rankings are taking a lot. To like, I got to get, like, he's really not taking that much. Okay. His, his body and DNA responds a lot, right? Yeah. So it's with that. And then, you know, finally in, the, in this kind of discussion as well, um, with the performance enhancement, also too for recovery purposes you know it's you know it's tough on our bodies and you know some guys might need other things as you know marijuana is legal and you know you know some guys don't want to take certain drugs painkillers or whatever it may be because you know they find something that helps them better right right so i think um also the reason why those things are taken is for recovery purposes yeah yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you, you put your body through hell, so yeah, for sure. So when you're a, when you become pro, I imagine there's a lot more distractions that come up. Like you have to, like, do you have media obligations, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> How much of that is a distraction? How much does that just wear on your mentality? Um, you're kind of doing a media thing right now. <laughs> yeah, you you better pay me after. <laughs> um, it's not. Okay, it's the same thing we said. It's like when you get there, you're like you, you know, you always you see Hollywood stars, and you're thinking like, man, like, why doesn't he sign that person's, you know, 
paper and like man i'd be doing it about this yeah yeah it's like when you're there you're like wow that's why right like it, yeah you know it, it i love the fans i i appreciate everything they do but you know it definitely you know sometimes it kind of gets a little overwhelming you know especially people are always trying to add me on social media i don't even think i can add people on facebook anymore because like Facebook won't allow me. Oh yeah, yeah, it's not me. It just oh. won't allow me because you've gotten so many or what? Something like that. It okay. just you know every day you know that's not. And trust me, I'm not even a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, how often do you get recognized uh, on the streets of Winnipeg? You know, like, are are you are you recognized often? Not to that extent. Yeah. Like uh, Andrew Harris. You know, he's a big time you know star starting running back. Yeah. You know, everyone knows Andrew Harris. But, you know, like in my position, if like, you know, sometimes, you know, I say my name, someone's like, oh, like, right? <laughs> like, it's that where, like, for example, the other day I had a little situation, nothing, I didn't, I wasn't involved, but, you know, yeah. the, the cops came to my place to just ask me for a little bit of information. Okay. They asked me for my name. They're like, oh, I was like, uh, don't you guys want to get the report? Right. <laughs> right. Like, right. So um, <laughs> it, it's not like crazy. You know, I really do. You know, I like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not big into tension. Like, the thing about me is, I won't actually mention that I play football. Right. Because sometimes I feel like if I do mention that, then people forget who I really am. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you must, you must have some people who kind of go get blinded by that. And they try to become your friend or <laughs> they, they, uh, they try to get like super close with you or whatever it might be, right? Yeah, and that's why I try to stop that gap. Yeah, and I guess like I'm pretty sure I've had people like like find out I play football. Like they'll know me for weeks, and I they actually don't know. Right. You know, I get those little questions like, "Oh, like you're really big, or you're really like, you yeah. know, whatever." I won't say anything, and it's like, "Yo, like you're on the newspaper, like you know what I mean?" <laughs> like because I really. I don't, I don't think football is. I know I play; it's my job, but it's not me. Yeah, it's not the be all end all, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. I think I want to be known for, you know, working hard towards a, a goal, whether it's football or not. You know, right. if I have my eyes on something, I'm gonna go and get it. So I want people to know me before I, I, you know, tell them that, right? Yeah. Because I want to see people as. Not everyone's gonna be family members, but. When I go home, my parents could care less if I played a football game. My parents, yeah. I could have scored five, six touchdowns when I was in high school. It didn't matter. I come home, is your homework done? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. It, it, but I love that because yeah, yeah. you need that. Because if it's all that constantly, like boom, 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 it yeah. can get really uh, overwhelming. You get grounded a bit. Yes. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and you're not even like that big of a star, so you can only imagine what. Like a Marshawn Lynch probably goes through, or yeah. Whoever well, Marshawn Lynch doesn't even talk much. <laughs> that's true too. But that's the other thing. Like you're, you're, you're a pretty big guy, but you're not, you're not a very like gregarious person. You're not very out there, you know. No. So it must be, it must be kind of. People must kind of look at you at, at first impression and think, oh, why isn't he like? Uh, <laughs> um, trying to think of an out there kind of player. Ter yeah, Terrell yeah. Owens. Terrell Owens. There we go. That's yeah. a big one. He's yeah. So, I you know it's funny you said your that. personality is different <laughs> in my opinion, having known you for a bit of time, with like compared to the sport you play. 
but yeah. like massive celebrations when there's a touchdown. Or yeah. So are you saying that you you think that like I would be more like like out there like really bragging about it? Or? Uh, the stereotype. <laughs> the stereotype, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you don't you don't dance when you touch down, right? <laughs> I'm pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone says that like yo like why don't you um, you know it's funny because I know sometimes when like people see me, they're like holy shit like. There might be a problem here. Yeah. Or I don't know how this is gonna go. You like, don't Ray Lewis it up, you know. No, yeah. I open my mouth and they're like, "Whoa!" Fair enough. <laughs> that was my first impression when I first met you. I was like, "Oh, this, wow, okay, this is different." You know? <laughs> this is different. It happens sometimes. Like I've met a few UFC fighters and they're like the most shy, quiet guys, and I yeah. go, "Oh, okay." So. Yeah, we're you gotta remember we're all humans. Yeah, yeah. Like. Regardless of how I look on the outside, like on the inside, we're all the same. Sure. Right. So it's just uh, definitely there's that like kind of stigma about like you know the stereotype. You know, unfortunately, it does not help our case when some guys actually live to that <laughs> yeah. stereotype stigma. Sure. So it actually does happen. Yeah. Not as much as people might think. Right. Like I would say out of fifty guys, maybe two to three guys will do that. But the rest are everyone's relaxed. Yeah, pretty relaxed. You know, yeah. family guys like, you know, why is a dad trying to like, even if he's playing pro, pro football, why is he trying to be all cool and stuff? Like, no, right? So no, I, this is me. I love who I am, um, and I want people to love me for who I am, right. not because I if I didn't have football, like I I would want people to still care about me and appreciate me for for who I am and what I have, right? Yeah, of course. That seems like a very balanced approach to things, to be honest. The other thing with you too, you volunteer a lot. You uh, run your personal training business. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a, go on record and say does a great job, great mm-hmm. job. I am, I am a, what's the word? Client. Client. I guess. <laughs> yeah. That seems too professional almost. Oh, yeah. Say. <laughs> whatever but you want, yeah, friend, client, whatever. customer, whatever. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm, in, I'm endorsing Johnny. Um, <laughs> You you do you're you're very into like helping other people though. Yes. Like, I've definitely noticed that about you. And do you, having run your online business, do you? Uh, I mean, that must be fulfilling, right? Outside of football too. Like football, you're you're serving yourself. Right. Right. Um. Basically, it's funny you say that because. When I first started off, people would always ask me for workout tips and like Johnny, like what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. And you know, I was younger when this was happening, and I just remember I think I was very caught up in just trying to build me, if that makes sense. Like I was just yeah. trying, like like you know people ask you that, but then again at the same time like it's not like I had crazy knowledge about it. It was more like you know. I, it's like what I tell you, like, you know, some guys are genetics freaks. It's like, I don't know, like, yeah, I just yeah. do this. and but, I, but at the same time, I knew people couldn't do what I was doing. Yeah. Like, there's no way you can be doing 10 sets of freaking this amount of reps. There's no way, right? Like, it's hard to explain. And then that's when, you know, I, you know outside of football, you know, me trying to develop a being a great player I wanted to make sure I crossed off everything in the checkbox. And that's like knowing my nutrition. So I started reading more about nutrition, reading more about training. Like, you know, some, cause a lot of athletes will actually go their whole life being trained and being like 
world-class athletes but not actually know their body right because trainers just tell them what to do and that's that yeah yeah like you know a lot of you know athletes that really don't they, they know the basics but they wouldn't actually be able to explain you know like you know some high level stuff they're just like i don't know like it just helps me and that's fine mm-hmm. high level athlete making millions mm-hmm. not gonna complain against you but i just wanted to know why you know i started right. questioning my trainers and no they were doing a great job i just wanted to know why and that's when i said when more people like kept asking me and you know started off me training a couple people and I saw the results and how happy they were and how like motivating they were. I was like, wow, and that how like that like encouraged me. I was like, you know what? Like I really want to help others. I really whether it's, you know, even lose a couple pounds or whatever it may be, I want I want them to be happy. Like I love what I do and I'm happy and it's just for the well-being of everybody. So yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. That's what I kind of find cool because like a lot of competitive athletes, even me growing up or other people that I've known, you know, y- you have to be kind of selfish, right? It's mm-hmm. it, I mean to get that good, you you do have to be into yourself a lot, and and you, so I find it interesting that you've also found this balance with personal training and volunteering where you're where you do the exact opposite. Yes, and you and you leave all your football accomplishments. It doesn't matter. You know, does not matter um, to any of my clients. I don't even want to say clients. You're my friend. No, appreciate it. Like literally, like you're my friend. Um, and I find that like just giving that extra motivation and push. You know, I don't care what kind of program I give you. If you just know in your head that you're able to do it, and I'm just knowing that I'm there to support you. Yeah. That goes a long way. You know, and just in life. I like. I know everyone wants to look a certain way, whether you look that way or not. But it's what you're doing for your body that's gonna go a long way. You know, when you're 60 and 70, you're gonna really appreciate just the balance that you found. Yeah, the longevity aspect of it. Yeah. The longevity and being able to just move is huge, and just having a good state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like you know, putting those encouraging positive thoughts. They say something. I could. I'm way. I'm gonna be way off. But they say this like something like fifty thousand thoughts run through your mind or something insane a day. Yeah. But like, how many of those are positives and how many of those are negatives? Mm-hmm. Let's hope that at least if it's forty thousand, let's hope that thirty thousands are positive, right? Because now you're you're starting to see it in today's world. How many, you know care health care centers are for people with dementia alzheimer's or you know and they say the reason why well from what i've read a lot of times and because i've actually worked in one of them as a security guard and witnessed it myself and you know and and i've heard and i've talked to people it's it has to do with stress yeah <laughs> this conversation actually came up uh yesterday I'm pretty sure or two days ago with with me and a couple people that uh yeah that I know yeah so it's it's commonly talked about yeah more and more Netflix documentaries on it there's one called heal I recently saw okay that's that's exactly okay, gonna look into that, that exact one. Uh, yeah sort of thing like stress is bad we don't and we know it's bad and then the next day we're okay but like that adds up that adds up and you know and that's why I try to put positive thoughts in each and 
one of clients slash friends yeah is because i know that's gonna go a long way i want them you know obviously i want full-time you know clients to, to work with me you know each month whatever but you know if they leave i hope that you know they contact me in like 10 years and say thank you right right that's the definitely a huge benefit yeah that's um you're also you're also really into pilates and yoga big recovery guy mm-hmm. which uh not of a lot of people would associate football players as being so you 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 hit all facets definitely to prolong your your body for sure <laughs> which is obviously important yeah I mean, you know so yeah you know you wouldn't really think does anyone ever raise eyebrows at you and be like you do pilates you do yoga uh, didn't you do ballet for a little while <laughs> in, I, know, uh, I know tight pants and uh those uh pointy shoes yes i did yeah and I, how was that i'm a man and i feel strong about it <laughs> um yeah so definitely for example like when i get a new uh you know new person in my class in my pilates class right away you could tell like wait you're running it <laughs> like right like yeah right because it's you know first of all in the yoga and Pilates field, not a lot of male instructors are in that field to begin with. Yeah. So I'm already a male, but I think a male with a different body type, because you know I'm That's more of a it, yeah. mesomorph. Like you know, yeah, you yeah. can really see my structure. <laughs> and then you know, I guess I start talking and I start doing and I start running it and they're like, oh shit, like yeah, yeah. He knows and he and I love Pilates. Um, Pilates has really elevated my game. That's why I fell in love with it, and that's why I wanted to teach it. Um, the longevity aspect I see with it as well. Um, you know, for a guy like myself that lifts a lot of weights, d- does a lot of training with weights as well, Pilates is more benefit. You know what? I don't even want to say, I think balance. I don't mm. want to say one's better than the other. Because strength training is just as, just as important yeah. as well, but Pilates will help open and lengthening things up. Um, and for example, like one of the biggest things that I've studied is, you know, when you put on a lot of muscle. Let's say you're a bigger guy with a bigger structure, or even a female. If you start to tone and you know you start to develop a little bit, you know you get tight, right? Yeah. And let's say a guy who wants to put on more muscle on a structure but can't and he's hitting a plateau okay there's gonna be a lot of factors but one of the factors that you know they don't realize is the fascia the the underneath layer of beneath the muscle mm-hmm. is really tight and what you got to do is actually stretch that out create length create openness and create blood flow and so what actually happens is you opening that up is allowing more muscle to grow yeah like more recovery and more muscle so stretching and more pliable work actually helps create more muscle highly beneficial highly like like i know that sounds crazy but like yes like strength training strength training pilates is pilates but pilates you see all the benefits of pilates obviously you can move you can feel flexible correct posture you're thinking like muscle right no Yes, yeah. like it actually does, right? So uh, that's one of the things too. But I really and like you said, um, with the ballet, I do that as well. Oh, still? 
yeah, right I do that you. as well. Um, you know, I just do that once every two weeks or so. Yeah. Um, it's more for footwork purposes and being in different positionings. Like I said, you you need, you know, you got to be ready for everything in football. Like, yeah. or just in your sport. You know, you just. You just gotta move, you know. You gotta be in these weird positions, and you know sometimes when guys get hurt, it's because they're tackled in these positions that they're not meant to be. You know, a lot of times we're always running in a straight linear line. Sometimes more side laterally, but like you're not really training when your body's like over your leg and you're crossed, like you know sideways, backwards, rotated, right? Mm. But then you get hurt. It's like, yeah, you're hurt. First of all, it's you know. Not common, but at the same time, you're not training in that position. Yeah. But when you're in Pilates and you're doing ballet and all these other pliable work, you're put in different positions, right? You're, you you got to move a certain way. So that's one of the reasons why I started doing those is just because I want to be ready for that. But I think, like I said, when I'm 40 and 50, I want to be able to still still move like I am right now yeah you'll be uh, thanking yourself for that probably <laughs> exactly how many how many players do Pilates yoga ballet um it's ballet is not as common um back in the day I think it was common uh Walter Payton Lynn Swan are some famous um former NFL football players who did them so it's been heard of um yoga a lot of you guys do yoga. Clay Matthews is a yoga guy too. Yeah, he's a yeah he's a yoga guy. A lot of other guys are yoga. You know, like that's one of the the perks on a football team. We get free memberships there. Uh, Pilates is hit and miss. Some guys do it, some guys don't. I think it's like okay, you just got to be open about it. Sure. Some guys don't like see that. Whereas like I've always been open minded. Like if you tell me, like obviously if it's within legal rules. If you tell me that's gonna get me to where I am and I do the research, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna do it, right? right? So like, I, I've never, I don't, I don't care about tight tights, I don't care if I'm the only guy, and I've been in a class with like 20 girls. Yeah, right. most, most guys would like that, actually, I think. Yeah, but... I, don't, I don't mind it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind it, I, hey, hey, hey. it yeah. is what it is, it is, it is what it is. Of course, yeah. But um, um, like I said, like that stuff doesn't phase me. Like, okay, for example, um, so I'm better at it now, but for the longest time, I didn't know how to swim. Really? Yeah. Didn't know how to swim. Doing my reading and research, obviously training. One of the best cardio training is swimming. Yeah, it's brutal. Like, I say the best um, athletes with lung capacity is swimmers. Yeah. Like... Lower heart rates, too, actually. Insane. Mm -hmm. Like, completely insane. And I'm like, I want to incorporate this into my training. Like, I have to, right? Like, this is, if I want to go the extra mile, like, this is this is the way to do it. One problem. I don't know how to swim. <laughs> so I actually ended up taking a swimming class a few years back. I was maybe 22, 23, right? I'm a bit older guy I guess yeah, yeah. right and you know I'm still bigger too and I took this class so there was obviously a kids class obviously like a bunch of kids are taking it and there was an adult class right so obviously I'm gonna take the adult class I go into the swimming aquarium where a lot of people and parents and stuff are only one problem I'm the only adult 
Oh. With probably 40, 50 kids around me and yeah. a bunch of parents. And this girl who's literally half my size, <laughs> 120 pounds and whatever, teaching me how to swim. Yeah. Like, teaching me how to float. Like, right? Like, it's it's funny it was funny like to watch i wish i would have recorded it but you know but for me i didn't care and you know what's funny too is by the end of it like you know i ended up like getting the techniques and know how to swim and now i can actually incorporate it to my training but i remember like towards the end of my like you know my session doing the swimming you know one of the parents came up to me and she said she's just like you like gotten so much better and by the way me and all the parents are so impressed with what you did I was like, wow, like, I don't think people, like, people need to see it yeah. to, to appreciate and believe it because I don't think a lot of people would, like, go and do something like that because, like, you got to realize, like, that's, it could be intimidating, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, regardless of my size and stuff, like, the fact that I'm that kind of old, like, older and, like I said, I, the youngest kid next to me was literally three years old <laughs> and he's a better swimmer than me, Yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, it's hearing those kind of things and those comments that's like very encouraging yeah. and like knowing that I can inspire anybody like regardless of what your fear is and if you know like I said I knew this was going to help me and I was like okay if I have to get through this hurdle to be running faster and longer on the field I'm going to do it right yeah so there you go a pro football player some class with kids it can happen <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah as embarrassing as it might be it's, it's kind of a <laughs> a a hilarious story and two uh, you can improve from anyone right Right. it's pretty pretty (laughs) awesome yeah just uh don't let fears be the definition of you because fears just unfortunately take take over everybody and sure you know i i just i just don't think if i was if i was to let the fears um take me over I don't think I'd be where I am. I really don't. It can paralyze you. No doubt. Yeah, like as you can see, my two dogs here. I yeah. used to be afraid of dogs. Did you? Yeah, I used to <laughs> traumatized. <laughs> like I would, I was f- till fifteen. Yeah. Traumatized, mm. and now I live with two beautiful dogs that right. sometimes drive me nuts. Right. But um, like, yeah, like you know, even playing football and you know playing in games with s- scouts and like you know if I let fears like. I'm not gonna perform a certain way if, you know, like, oh, I should go to this and this. Like, if I let fears, like, you know, like, you know, we talked about how st- stress can hurt somebody, but fears can, can hurt somebody as well too, right? Like, that's, like, it, it sucks how we are judged in society if we do certain things, you know? But once that, you break that barrier, that whole perception is viewed differently. Like, oh yeah, like yeah, like he's totally the man, like or totally the girl, like whatever. Sure. Right. So I, I definitely think if I let my fears get to me, and I'm not human. I've, like I said, I've I admit to them. I had fears. Like, you know, even I couldn't even swim, but I was just afraid of the water in general. Yeah. So, but like, you got to do what you got to do. You yeah. Know? And and life, it's just like. How are you gonna vision it? You, you're gonna have to jump through some hurdles. Right. Very random question I just thought of. Super Bowl recently happened. What did you think of the, that game? 
You're a Patriots guy, so you're pretty happy about that. Yep, go Patriots, first yeah. comment. Yeah, well, what did you think of that game? Because a lot of people said it was terrible and boring, and <laughs> and I was just kind of curious about what your thoughts are as a pro and if you saw it differently than the like average spectator. I definitely saw it different from the average spectator because I know I was watching it with some friends and family, and they were all up, you know, like, oh, this is boring and yada yada even my girlfriend was just like oh like like babes like you know i watch you play football and like you know but this super bowl was kind of boring like sure but i know football and like i even i appreciated more because it was definitely a defensive game but it's you know two great teams like if if two teams are really great you don't expect a hundred and hundred point game yeah right like you know like those were two great teams that prepared for both each other. You know, obviously there were some, you know, little miscues from different teams. Nobody's perfect. But I think is you like, it was seeing world-class talent at its finest and at its best. But also seeing how people who with world-class talents can mess up as well. Because you saw a little bit of screw-ups at times, right? It, so it's showing that balance of, okay, they are human too, but showing how, what you got to take to get there, right? Because, you know, actually my favorite athlete of all time is Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm actually a Patriots fan is because of Tom Brady. Like, I don't even, sometimes I hate saying I'm a Patriots fan because I'm more of a Tom Brady fan. Like, if Tom Brady would go to Tennessee Titans, I'd be a Tennessee Titans fan mm -hmm. because Tom Brady is basically like something i somebody i looked up to because here's a guy who was drafted like eighth round sixth round and was a nobody and he's probably the greatest he's probably tbe now exactly you know? yeah. like yeah. literally right and sh and you know he showed you know he didn't have his greatest game but still showed you even at the age of 41 like if you do everything right even if it takes you a long time it's all possible, right? So for me, that game was definitely um, exciting to watch for me because it was just like, wow, these are two great teams. Hmm, yeah, I was wondering that. Because I remember when, uh, this is a, another example, I guess. I remember when Floyd Mayweather fought Manny Pacquiao and everyone was saying how boring that fight was. But a lot of bo big boxing guys, uh, some who I, I kind of knew, um, they were saying, no, that was an amazing fight. Those guys were measuring just centimeters from each other, trying to get the perfect foot positions. Mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, I don't even think of it that way, right? Well, so. that's the thing, really, because I think any fan wants to see the big knockout, wants to see the big hoorah. Want to see action. You're paying your money. Yeah. You, you want to see it. I don't, you know, I'm sure, like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of a, I don't know, like, it's hard because, like, I think I appreciate every sport, so I appreciate everything, Yeah. but, like, so it's hard for me to answer that, but I'm just, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, I'm sure, like, you know, it's like if I go to, okay, if I go to a concert, like, I'm not really big into, like, concerts and stuff, but, you know, I don't, like, I don't really look into music like that, so yeah. if I go there, I'm like, this better be the best concert this guy better come out and freaking flying out of the Lambo and stuff. Sure. Meanwhile, the person next to me is like, no, like, and I, no, I'm going to be like, okay, that was boring. He was just singing like, no, like the musical was beautiful. Like, did you not hear the rhymes and the rhythm? Like, you know what I mean? Sure. So everyone just has 
different perspective. Their own, yeah, their own insight into things. Yeah, for sure. their own insight, that's, right? Yeah, definitely yeah. thought that. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about that football game because, I mean, how many people, how many people said how bad that game was, right? Yeah. And I thought, huh, I wonder if when this interview comes, right, Johnny will think differently. <laughs> definitely, it was not a boring game. Sorry, people, I. I'm, I, you're wrong is what he's saying yeah you're wrong and I hope that's not the defining moment of you not watching a Super Bowl ever again yeah. in your life because you will miss out on some fun ones like for example last year's Super Bowl where the Eagles won and beat my Patriots unfortunately that game was like 30-30 right yeah. <laughs> right like you're not gonna always get that you just just stay in just stay in the loop and you know just appreciate it at the time yeah fair enough I mean you could you could rip on the uh, half wish halftime show maybe a lot of people did. I did say I don't like concerts. I'm pretty sure I took a little quick snooze during the <laughs> halftime show. So that answers that for you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Not very entertained by that. No. All right, man. We talked about a lot of stuff. Is there anything you want to throw out there? Do you want to mention where people can find you? Yeah, so... You do have a business after all. <laughs> yeah, so... First of all, I want to say thank you for having me. And oh, it was great. I had fun. I could keep talking forever. You uh, could if you really wanted to. I'm down here. So you want to keep going? We can keep going. But uh, yes, uh, you know, I want to start off saying I do personal training. And I am a, a Pilates instructor as well. Um, like I said, I wanted to help out others. And I've kind of, I've really wanted to reach out to a lot of people as much as I can. And, you know, that's when I got the idea of, you know, doing online training. Like, right. you know, if I can connect with someone in China, I want to. Um, so, you know, I've been working on it and now it's finally running. But I, you know, I officially launched uh, Johnny Augustine Fitness. Um, basically, training programs, uh, nutrition programs, mind-body connection program. Basically motivating you and helping you. And holding you accountable, basically, it's the overall package. In the sense of training, I'm going to help you. Nutrition, I'm going to help you. But I'm also going to mentally help you as well. You know, you know. Obviously, you can attest to this, but I check up on my clients constantly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, like you know, like to the point where I think one client was like, "Man, like, like, thank you." It's like, holy smokes, like you're constantly checking, but like. You know, I, I don't want to be another, you know, online trainer. Like, no, it's I want that connection. Um, I start off, you know, having a phone call with the clients, you know, talking to them, getting th to know them. Because, like I said, I don't I like I hate using the word client, but you know, we're friends. I want to be your friend. I want to help you. I want to I want to help you accomplish your goal, whether it's, you know, you want to lean down, you know, tone gain whatever it may be like we're gonna do it and for me it's more about the whole overall health and that's why I incorporate a lot of Pilates and stretches you know to all my clients you know I, I give them like weekly stretches um, certain exercises to do to help them because I think you know like I said you know how much longevity is and how huge that is so I created that and for me it will never change um, I've even said to myself if you know you know i recently did the launch and stuff like that so it's slowly been coming and going but i've said to myself even if i get a hundred clients obviously i know i'll need another team member but when i find another team member 
I'm going to make sure he's exactly like Johnny or close to being Johnny. That foundation will never change. Each client will get to know the Johnny Augustine fitness people. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like everybody will get to know. Everyone will have that, you know, connection. Whereas like some people who do online training don't even know their coaches, right? Like they just know. Like for me, it's I just want to help people and I want them to accomplish their goals, feel good about it, and and constantly just just knowing that someone's there, right? Like I know people who who just love that support and. You know, I've I've had clients that have actually talked to me on the phone for like an hour or two. Yeah. Right? Because they're having a sort of bad day or whatever it may be, like Oh, so you're a therapist too? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I'm not a therapist, but <laughs> I, I love to help in sure. any way I can. And of and if me helping that individual in that moment and just like you know what I mean? Like, who knows? That person could have been just upset up all day and who knows what could happen, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like the Johnny Augustine Fitness basically just it's it's looking at everything from inside and out um, when it comes to any contact me or anything like that. Um, Facebook Johnny Augustine, my name. Um, Instagram, I'm my actual Instagram account is J Augustine twenty seven. 27 is my favorite number, jersey number. Everyone, yeah. everyone asks that, but yeah. that's why. Um, it's not like you were born in 1927. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. And it's funny because the programmings um, is called the JA27. If you go on my website, you'll, you'll obviously understand uh, why that means a lot to me. Um, my fitness um, Instagram account is basically Johnny Augustine Fitness. And then... My Facebook page, same thing, Johnny Augustine. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. And like I said, if you just go on www.johnnyaugustinefitness.com, um, if you're interested, obviously you can re you can review the page. Um, you can leave your contact information and get a free consult call with me. We can connect, discuss what you want to do going forward. And like I said, it's not for everybody, but just just know, like just talking. It's give it a shot. Yeah, give your shot, whatever you want. So, yeah, that's pretty much if you're trying to find a connection with me. Um, and actually, if you are in the Guelph area, I will be uh, teaching Pilates classes there. I was actually teaching out in Winnipeg, and I was doing a couple of challenges out here. But I will actually be doing um, part-time and potentially full-time before the season kicks off. Um, working at the Pilates studio, Pilates in Guelph. Um, that's on Surrey Street in Guelph. So if you're interested in that, I'm doing private lessons. So you can contact me or at the studio. Um, but yeah, and you know what? You just want to know a little bit about me, please just DM me or whatever. Go ahead. So, yeah. Right on. And by the way, Johnny's going to be a true friend to you in the, in the personal training process because uh, he's going to give you some tough love. <laughs> He's gonna do make you do some things you don't want to do, and I can, I can, I can attest to that. Yeah. Uh, six squats. I was rather unimpressed. Six <laughs> sets of squats. Sorry. Six squats. That's different. Yeah. Six sets of squats. Yeah. Nearly killed. I'm me. pretty sure when he uh, messaged me, he was trying to find every excuse in the book to be like, I don't know, this that, little high volume. That's like... that. That is not true. <laughs> I said it's a lot, but I'll do it. Is what you, I said. You know what? I'm, as you know, I'm nice guy whatever <laughs> you want to call it 
But at the end of the day, you know, I'm gonna admit, like it's tough love. Like you saw how That's it was, what it is. You saw how it's hard on these little guys. My dogs right here, but you know, I tell the truth. Yeah. If you know, like you're gonna hear positives. I, I talked about hearing the positives and how long that goes. But if I, you know, if you're missing half your workouts, what good does that do? Right? Absolutely. So, um, and that's where the truth is. Like, it's like I'm your friend, but I'm going to be the most honest friend you'll ever have. There you go. And he, he, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. So putting my peasant legs to uh, to work, it was... Uh, <laughs> His legs are getting bigger, so I don't know what he's saying right now. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Manuel, I think we're going to wrap that up. So uh, in the meantime, do check out uh, the Marxism Podcast, available on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, all those things. Uh, like, share, subscribe, do, do all those things that, you know, help me out. And uh, in the meantime, we are out of here.